0: Merry Christmas!
1: Who's Mary anyway?
0: Hmm. Discover a life-giving local church where you find your community and support you've been looking for.
1: I hope that Mary finds the community and the support she's been looking for. For real. At Echo, we hope you'll find your place, your people, and your purpose. Experiencing a true sense of belonging while building friendships and finding support. We believe this is what we're all seeking, and we can't wait to share it with you.
0: Join us for our services at Mayo High School on Sunday at 9.15 a.m. or 10.45 a.m. We are eager to meet you and extend a warm welcome to the Echo Church family.
1: Perfect. Are you grateful for God and His transformative work through Echo Church? If so, let's turn our gratitude into giving, creating a powerful force for good. Your contributions fuel the flames of God's incredible work among us. We invite you to consider making a financial donation before the year's end. As it says in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, but for God loves a cheer- cheerful giver.
0: For those who wish to partner with us financially, financially, financially nope. to impact Rochester, you have two convergent,
1: convenient,
0: convenient, and convergent, science,
1: giving options today. First, Perfect. visit our website where you can set up automatic recurring donations Allowing us to plan boldly and confidently for the future Second, you can easily send your contribution via Venmo To we, to at we Are the Echo Church.
0: We appreciate your kind and thoughtful investment, investment. Investments and, and yes,
1: enjoy <laughs> the Echo, Echo Online, Online service. service Nailed it! Don't ever
2: run out of goodness All of your attentions return They back
3: Yesterday night, knowing what I was going to speak about, I, uh, I, I'd asked my, my daughters this one simple question Do you like your name? <laughs> which is kind of a scary thing to ask, honestly, as a parent. And, uh, and Zion first said, Yeah, I like my name. Zakai's so like, Yeah, that's good. And then Keza goes, Yeah, I like my name, but I like Kez better. I like Kez better. Uh, which got me thinking, which was I mean, obviously it was really cute. It got me thinking about my name. And, and I got a little bit of a confession to make, and that's uh, this. Growing up in middle school, I really didn't like my name. And a little bit in grade school. It just, I, there was something there that I just felt a little insecure. And I just remember when I, had, when I was going to introduce myself, it was like when I said my name is Andy. It just felt so weak, and it felt so small, and it felt so insignificant. It just wasn't the bold name that I hoped it to be. Does anybody relate out there? Or am I the only weird and strange person out here that doesn't like, didn't like his name when he was young? Okay, okay, one honest person here. Okay. <clears throat> What's funny about my name Andy is in, in high school, about my sophomore year, I realized you know, my, my full name's Andrew, and the only person that calls me Andrew is my dad, typically uh, speaking, and usually because I'm in trouble. Um, but I realized uh, about sophomore year that I could have been going by Drew the whole time. <laughs> Which, by the way, at that point, I thought was the coolest name ever. But it just felt too late. Like, you know, too late. And some, some people have come up to me and they've called me Drew uh, at last, after last hour. And I've completely ignored them because I am not able to be called that way. You know, called in that way. And, and, and you know, you guys, uh, for those that have been around here, know me. Uh, enough to know that I that a lot of times I think pretty different and I'm not sure if you've ever had this thought that I've thought but I've thought about Jesus's name and I've thought about Jesus as the person Jesus as the child Jesus at the as the adolescent and I kind of wonder did Jesus like his name you ever think about that and that's kind of the angle, or this is the focus that I want to jump into today with, with the prayer that we pray every week, this surrender prayer, this salvation prayer. And at the end of it, it goes, in Jesus' name and his authority. And, and let's go ahead and jump into the scripture today. Philippians, if you have your Bibles, uh, open it up to or turn it on to Philippians 2, 9 through 11. And I just kind of wonder, you know, What could we glean from the name and the authority of Jesus today? Philippians 2, 9 says this, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name or every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And what I want to do is I want to talk today about the significance of Jesus's name and his authority. But in order for us to be able to take anything away from that, we've just got to simply ask this one question. What does this mean to me? When it comes to Jesus's name and his authority, what does it mean to us? What does it mean to to me as a believer and as a follower of Jesus Christ. And as a good teacher, I've created an acrostic. Come on, somebody. I mean, Scott is so excited about that up in the front. He's really into those. Uh, and, and so do me a favor. Go ahead, and when you're taking notes, write the word name uh, from top down vertically. And it's for those that are uh, challenging uh, by spelling like I am. Uh, or every young person that dictates and does no, no longer needs to spell name is spelled n a m e okay n a m e and uh, and with jesus and his authority we find navigation this is what it means to us that when we declare Jesus's name, the name that's above all other names and we, 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 we believe in the authority in which he carries, we believe and we are navigated with his help. Okay, So God is our guide. Jesus is our guide. When we hear Jesus's name, we should think r- parallel with this idea that Jesus is to lead us. He is to guide us. And what I wanted to do just to make this really, really simple and, and, and really coherent to all of the other uh, points that I'm going to have, is I wanted to really find that one specific verse, but I didn't really find one specific verse, but felt like I needed to bring a little bit of a, a story up about Jesus's name. Now, I don't know if you know this, but the, the name of Jesus is the English version of Jesus's actual name. Do you all know that? So in in essence, what happened is when Jesus was was there, there was Aramaic and there was Greek and there was Hebrew. And Jesus would have been called a certain name. And I can guarantee you his name was not Jesus as we say it today. You know what I'm saying? Because guess what? I don't know if you know this. The Bible was not written in English. But his name would have been known as and said as Yeshua. 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 What's funny about that is, is, is I've known this for a while. And as we, actually, when we were planting the church, I was like thinking, man, it would be, be kind of cool to like if I just always made reference to Jesus as Yeshua because that would be his God-given name and, and how he would have heard it. But I, but I understand this as a pastor. For those that are new to the faith, if you came to a church and all you heard was about this guy named Yeshua, you'd be like, what cult did I just join? <laughs> Because, <laughs> again, it's a cultural understanding of the name. But I want to tell you today, it's not just about the name of Jesus. It's more about the person of Jesus. Come on, someone say amen. amen. The power of Jesus' name. But this is where I, I, I had to explain that all to say this. Jesus wasn't the only one that was called Yeshua in the Bible. Okay. We say Jesus in English, but in Hebrew, it's Yeshua. And that you, could, you could see that Jesus was called Yeshua in his day. But he wasn't the first one that was called Yeshua because there was a guy in the Old, the Old Testament whose name was Yeshua's well, but we called him Joshua. Some of you are like, oh, really? Are you guys following this, by the way? You all say So Jesus, his name, actual name is Yeshua. And in the Old Testament, there's a guy named Joshua who was called Who would have been called Yeshua? And I bring that all up to say this. What did Joshua do for the people of Israel? He helped navigate them into the promised land. And that's what Jesus wants to do. But Jesus isn't just done with leading us into the promised land. He wants to lead us through and in the promised land. That's who Jesus is. We should see Jesus as our guide. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. There is, this is what I've seen in ministry, there is this linear concept that somewhere along uh, the road we're, we're, we're either sinner or we're saint. We're rebellious or we're religious. And somewhere in between we find our self. And what I'm trying to tell you is this, Jesus wants to lead us in the midst of that reference. And and so often as we follow Jesus or we get engaged within the church or we grow up in the church, we're kind of bouncing back and forth from either of those concepts. And, And what I want to tell you is this. Jesus shares a story of the prodigal son. We know him as the sinner, right? And you guys know the story? If you don't know the story, the story goes something like this. There's this young boy and, and he's maybe coming of age and, and he's done with his dad's, dad's attitude. Maybe he's done with his dad's work. He, he wants to find his freedom. And he says, hey, dad, give me my inheritance. And dad does it. And he gives it to this man, and he goes to a different nation, and he starts a life for himself, and he ends up blowing it all on on wild living, and he finds himself in the pit. He finds himself in the midst of pigs, hungry and thirsty, and at some point he reasoned, I could at least go back to my father's house and be his servant. And so he makes his way there. And just before he gets to his father's house, his father is waiting for him. He's waiting for the quote-unquote sinner. And he goes and he embraces him. And he's so excited that he, he, he makes... And he creates this large party and he, he invites the whole city, right? The whole town and all his friends and uh, family to celebrate this party because the son that was lost is now found. The one that was rebellious, the one that was sinner is now welcome into the father, father's home, right? Has navigated back into the presence of his father. But there's one issue. The older brother wants nothing to do with it. And he himself has stepped into the prodigal story as well. And what I want to tell you is this. The longer we follow Jesus, we may be moving a little bit more away from the sinner and the rebellious nature, but we have to be careful and we have to allow the Holy Spirit and Jesus to guide us in when we're navigating our faith is not to get too sainty and too religious. Because there is equal issue with both. Jesus wants us to be aware of his presence. And his guide and his voice. That's navigation. Let's jump to to the A. Everybody say access. Access. Jesus' name and his authority give us access. I think of those people that are out here that may be managers, but you still have a boss, okay? And, and I, I just want you to think about the task that has been entrusted to you. And they also want you to remember those stories where you weren't really able to do the job that you wanted to accomplish or were given to do because you didn't have all the authority that you needed. And, and, and what I want to remind you today with access is this, is guess what? Jesus is available. And his power is... Oh, did we just die? We're good. If that cuts out again, you can throw the mic at me. But Jesus, in Matthew 20, 18, says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Did y'all hear that? All authority in heaven has been given to me. We have access to all authority and all the power. See Jesus' name and authority what it means to me, is this, is we have access to Jesus as our savior. We have access to Jesus as our redeemer and our Messiah and the son of God, Emmanuel, king of kings and lord of lords, high priest, alpha and the omega and the good shepherd. He's got all we need and we have direct access to it. And here lies my big idea. This is what I want to tell you. This is what I want us to kind of walk away with. Because what I just mentioned is all the greatness and the grandness and and the significance of who Jesus is and his name and the authority and the power that he has. But yet we find rest in that beautiful yet bold name of Jesus, who with all power and authority still calls us friend. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that remarkable that we have access to that? I don't know about you, but my best friends, guess what? They're interruptible and they make themselves available. And that is exactly what Jesus Christ is to us. C.S. Lewis says it like this. He says, the name of Jesus is the one lever that lifts the world. Did you hear that? The name of Jesus is the one lever that lifts the world. And and let me add, yet he calls me by name. He's the one who levels it all up. Come on, you video gamers out there. He levels us up. But yet he still calls us by our name. Name. And what I want to do is build our faith. I want us to, to, to understand that, that, guess what? We have access to the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. Therefore, we can ask boldly and we can live this crazy faith. Someone say amen here today if you believe it. Okay, there's two people. Lord, help us believe. Help, us our, help our unbelief. How about M, Mastery. Jesus's name and his authority teaches us the mastery that he has over sin and the enemy. Authority over whatever topic you're dealing with. Uh, let, me, let me just illustrate this uh, this way, and I need your help. I'm going to say someone's name, and then you've got to let me know what they're known for. Okay, let's start with an easy one. Michael Jordan. Perfect. Steve Jobs. Or computers, But well said. Apple's probably the only computer out there, really. So. <laughs> uh, how about T-, T. Swift? Taylor Swift. Tra- Travis Kelsey. 100%. 100%. Music? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to test uh, some TikTokers out there. You know, you're really, really bought into TikTok. You, you ever heard a guy named Spencer X? Exactly, you guys are all fake, y'all y'all just are, are, are I am so cool, and I am so engaged with him, he's a beatboxer, I guess, you know, I've watched one of his TikToks, and, you know, so, but I guess no beatboxers are in the house here. Now, what am I trying to get to? Jesus Christ is the master over sin. When we hear Jesus, we should be hearing, he has mastered sin, He has the ability and he has the authority and he has the power to walk with us with our life's biggest issue, and that's sin. That's with our missing of the marks. He is able and he's capable and he's desiring to come alongside us to help us master sin. Romans 6 13 says over every part of yourself or offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness for sin shall no longer be your master. You know why? Because Jesus is meant to be your master. This last week, I went to a pastor's retreat. It was a retreat at Church Creek. And, and I'm honestly super thankful for the ark because uh, they sent me to go there just for my own mental health and my own spiritual well being. And at this retreat, when uh, with seven other church planners, uh, we had the opportunity to be a part of, of really one concept that they wanted us to engage with, and that was. Well, two concepts relational, but then conversations that are wrapped around a table. They said the one thing you have to do a day is just come and eat dinner. How many say it? How many understand that I said yes and amen to that? I mean, what a great plan. But he said, what they also said is you just need to stick around for some good conversation afterwards. And I'm just telling you, there was such life that was given to me by sitting across the table with other church planners and pastors who shared their story and really what had resonated in my heart for a whole week was me too. I get you and you get me and God cares for us. But one of the other peripheral things that were offered to the pastors, because all pastors do this except me, is golf lessons. And it was on a simulator and, uh, and honestly, I didn't want anything to do with the golf lesson. And I'll tell you why. Because I'm horrible. Okay, like the only golf I like doing is Top Golf. You know, put it up on the tee, give me a driver, and I'm just going to try to hit this to the next universe. And usually it goes to the left or to the right. And uh, I accidentally stumbled upon the simulator uh, after shooting some guns, because that's what I guess guys do, uh, pastors do on a retreat, <clears throat> aggress against orange flying things. And uh, I made my way down there. I was watching this guy just, like, kill the ball on the simulator. And I sat there watching, and he was getting some tips by this golf coach. And, and uh, he was done. And, and I was naive to think that I could just grab a golf club and just try to swing at a few. Because What I found out was when I grabbed that golf club, I said, do you mind if I hit a few? The second I grabbed, grabbed the club, Herb, the golf coach there that was volunteering his time, right away start. Saying whoa, 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 whoa! <gasps> Any golfers out there, by the way? Okay, literally, it was I, I couldn't even like I literally couldn't even touch the ball. I couldn't even really swing the club because. First of all, I was holding the thing like a baseball bat. And he's like, there's nobody good that does a baseball bat hold. And then he was like, oh, by the way, there's a V between your thumb and your pointer. And it's supposed to point to the back of your shoulder. And and the same is supposed to happen with your front foot or your front hand. And and then you're supposed to kind of interlink your hand. and Oh, most powers, the the most of the the grip is supposed to be your thumb and your middle finger. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, am I ever going to swing this thing? And then I was like, what am I doing, and can I leave as fast as I can? And then he was like, oh, you got to have the ball perfectly fit, and oh, by the way, you're too wide, you need to come in, and oh, by the way, this arm is bent, you need to have it straight, it needs to be 60% in, in front, and then 60% back in there, and oh, by the way, it's time to swing, and then I started swinging, He's like, oh, you can't bend that arm. How many of you know that at some point I was like, I am ready to give up? And when it was time to try, I was like, shoot. I bring this up because I think a lot of times when we see and we deal with sin, we want to give up before we ever try. And a lot of times, like golf, there are a ton of nuances. And there are a ton of opportunities to learn from. And there's some details. and, and, And I tell you this story to tell you this one thing. The significance about Jesus as your master is this. He's near. The sad thing for my golf game is Herb couldn't go with me when I left. The amazing thing is this. Jesus is with us. And it says he is the master. He's the master over sin. He's the master over shame. He is the authority when it comes to overcoming anything. He is victorious. He is our hope. And if he is our hope, then guess what? Hope is here. And, and help is only a hand's length away. And when it comes to us, we may be a novice trying to navigate sin and the sin nature, but it gives, there's hope to me because guess what? I serve a God and Jesus clearly shows in his ministry that he is a God that is patient. He is the master. And then lastly, it's empowerment. What we see in Jesus' name and his authority is there is this element of empowerment. Like I mentioned already, he is victorious and he is confident. And he wants us to be the same. Luke 10, 17 says, the 72 returned with joy. And they said, Lord, even the demons submitted to us in your name. I I wish I was there. Jesus sent them two by two and they returned back joyous. I actually think they went back and they weren't like laughing out of like this great joy, but they were laughing out of shock and wonder that they were like, "God, you Jesus, you used me." Cuz Jesus, he desires to empower his people to do his work. Jesus replied, "I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven." and i have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you when jesus is getting ready to go to heaven he says to them in matthew 28:18 then jesus came to them and said all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me therefore go See, what Jesus wants us to understand is this, is because of his presence and because of your relationship with him, because of your submission to his authority, he empowers us to go. That Jesus who has all power is the one who desires to sit and to be patient with us and to trust us in our normal life. I think of the iconic scene within the Lion King where little baby Simba finds himself in the wild and he's being antagonized by the hyenas. And in fact, it's kind of a sketchy little scene and and, and you can see the fear that is being built within Simba and the hyenas are coming, and he just musters up the biggest roar that he could potentially, he could potentially do. And at the same time that he roars what is actually heard is this roar of a king. And Simba's like, "Yeah!" And he's in shock because the hyenas, hyenas run away and, 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 and fear for their own lives. But what we know as the viewers, it's not actually Simba's voice, but it was the king's. I think this is a picture of what it means to be a believer. The authority of the believer that Jesus desires to empower us. But this is what happens, and this is the history of biblical authority. God gives Adam and Eve a certain level of authority it 's called limited authority, and then what comes along, the enemy comes, and well guess what he does? He steals that authority. He takes it from them and then what we see again over and over scripturally is this: is God gives authority once again to prophets and he gives authority to kings and he, he gives um, Authority to priests, and then all of a sudden, because of their actions and because of maybe insecurity, because of moments in time or the temptation of the enemy, the enemy comes and steals that authority once again, and then Jesus, thank God for Jesus, he comes on the scene, and what does he do? He lays it says this, he lays down all his authority, he lays all his power to be human, and he lives this perfect life he lives he dies this horrific death, and then he 's raised again and you know what? What happens when he raises from the dead? He takes back all the power. And then Jesus leans in just before he ascends to heaven. He says this, I have all authority. Therefore, I am going to empower you to be my people. And I guess what I'm trying to tell you is this, is would we just find the authority that God has given to us and would we just try to live within it three ways that we're empowered number 1 we're empowered to overcome darkness by the authority of Jesus Christ we can overcome the evil one we don't need to submit the authority that Jesus has given us and give it to the enemy because guess what Jesus gives us the power to overcome temptation Number two, Jesus gives us biblically authority to forgive. The reason we can forgive is because we have been forgiven. And lastly, Jesus gives us the authority as a believer to invite. In fact, he tells us, therefore go and make disciples of every nation. Invite everybody Go to the highways and the byways and go to the places where no one else wants to go and share with them how I am near and I'm clearly calling you by name. The enemy though is shifty and the enemy attacks the name and the authority of Jesus. He, he tries to create doubt. In fact, the enemy tries to attack true things about you And he tries to convince you to believe things that are just contrary to Jesus's truth. Which brings me back to the first story that I told you. And that was about how I didn't really prefer my name growing up. And I had a little bit of an epiphany writing this message. Because what I see now is the enemy trying to use my insecurity or creeping creeping his authority and his own power in my life, creating insecurity simply by my name Andy. And what did I tell you? I I told you that I felt like when I said the word Andy, when I said the name Andy, it just seemed small, it seemed insignificant, it seemed so weak. But if you knew anything about what the name Andy or Andrew means, it means to be strong or powerful. I believe the enemy at a very young age tries to debilitate us and steal the power that God wants to use through you and and the confidence he wants to instill in you and the guidance that the Holy Spirit will walk you with. So Jesus today... all across this room would you you just say it with me or just repeat after me the name of Jesus here Jesus say this with me there is no other name higher than the name of Jesus that's what we believe now help us live it God Jesus there is no other name higher than yours and every knee will bow down and today we choose to bow willingly will you help navigate will you will you be our guide would we god would we be reminded on a daily basis to access that power and the proximity of who you are help us god as we try to master The world around us by your power, your authority, God, that we would be able to overcome. I I just sense that some people came in here and maybe they're dealing with some addictions They're they're maybe dealing with with habits. Maybe they're dealing with hurt. And I just sense, Lord, that you want to be the master of those circumstances today and that there's healing in the house. And Lord, would you just empower us, empower us to be your people, May we operate in your authority. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Echo Church, would you stand up? I wanna invite people today that may have walked into Echo Church for the very first time. Maybe for some of you, you feel far from God. This is a great opportunity. This is a great moment just to say, hey God, I don't got it all figured out. And I've been trying my way, but I wanna try something new and that's to surrender and to walk with you. And for the rest of us, may this be a prayer that reminds us that it's Jesus' name and his authority that we put our hope and who we're going to walk with when we walk out of this church today. Let us pray. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers and I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me, forgive me, and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen.
2: Start to believe you weren't sufficient for me. Why do I talk myself out of tea?
4: every week, Dex. What do you think? <laughs> uh, uh, so I had this really great friend. He's been a great friend ever since college. Super great guy. Comes from an incredible family. And his dad was a judge. And so my, my friend was a couple years older than his sister, just the two kids. And so when his sister turned 16, the judge handed her his business card and said, listen, if you ever get pulled over, just show the police officer this business card. I thought that was about the coolest story I'd ever heard. I just want to throw that out there. I don't know if you guys are, I think you guys over there probably appreciated that maybe more than some of the rest of the people, but I just thought that was such an incredible story. But I was thinking about this idea of authority through that story. See, my great friend, Tom, he didn't have the business card, but Katie's sister, she had the business card, man. She had the authority. She had fully embraced the fact that her dad was in charge and could make a lot of cool stuff happen. And I think a lot of us are living without the business card. Man, we're living without the authority. We're living without the realization that man, God is for you. He wants to do cool things through you and he wants to make your life something that makes a difference to the people around you. Like that's that's a truth I want us to live in. We have the business card. We got this authority. So it's just an encouragement. I have one other encouragement this week, which is, I don't know if you know this, but if you ever look at the stats of when people are willing to come to church, or be invited like Christmas is the time Christmas is the time people will come if you invite them so I just want to give you an encouragement invite that coworker you've been thinking about invite somebody you go to school with invite somebody you work with invite somebody you are in your family that doesn't want to come to church it's just a time where people are more likely to say yes and not only that it's a time where there's a lot of hurt and a lot of things going on in people's lives it's a time where people need to say yes if that makes sense now, one of the things we love to do here at Echoes, we love to celebrate. So can we celebrate those that are here for the very first time today? Come on. If that's you, would you go outside these doors? It doesn't matter whichever ones go. We're kind of right to the middle of the room. There's a red table. We would love to give you a gift card and get to know your name. Now, the other group of people we'd love to celebrate is those that are here and have said the prayer with us for the very first time or the first time in a long time. Come on.